You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Research Podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello and welcome to this episode of Talking Rheumatology Research. I'm your host, Herman Tam, a pediatric rheumatologist at British Columbia Children's Hospital in Vancouver, Canada. Our guests for this episode are Dr. Liang Cleesley-Fleet and Dr. Kaziana Chotin, authors of the article titled, Successful Stopping of Biologic Therapy for Mission in Children and Young People with Juvenile Idiopathic Arthritis, published in Rheumatology. Thank you both for joining me and the listeners, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Please tell us a bit about yourselves. My name is Leanne. I'm an epidemiologist at the University of Manchester in the UK. Um, I'm the lead analyst on the UK JIA Biologic Register, which investigates the safety and effectiveness of biologics and targeted synthetic DMARDs in children and young people with JIA. Hi, I'm Konsiana Turtin. I'm a consultant rheumatologist from London. I work at University College London and look after adolescents with arthritis from age 12 to 13 onwards. I'm particularly interested in patients' long-term outcomes, especially as they're diagnosed with arthritis earlier in life and they have to live with this disease longer. Therefore, any research that can answer questions related to improved long-term management strategies is very relevant to my practice and addresses also the patient's priorities. The trajectory of patients with JIA who stopped biologics is quite an important topic in our field. Can you give us an overview of the aim and methods of your study? Yes, I'm happy to start telling you a little bit about arthritis, which, as we know, is the most common condition we rheumatologists deal with in our clinics, and it affects one in a thousand children in the UK. The biologic treatments are the treatments that target specific molecules that are likely to be dysregulated in arthritis, and there are treatments that are commonly used in JIA. That's why asking questions about long-term therapy, especially efficacy and safety, are very, very legitimate concerns because we want to ensure that patients are kept um, safe and they can use these treatments long-term in order to minimize any risk of toxicity. There are many unanswered questions with practical relevance, um, and these are questions our patients who have been well on these medications, uh, frequently asking clinics. And some of them will ask, can they stop treatment? When should they stop? Which treatments should they stop first if they're on more than one treatment? If there is anything we can measure, which can predict the way they will fare if they stop treatment, what are the risks of stopping, and also what will happen if they flare? Therefore, our research is trying to answer these questions And I was quite fortunate to be able to reach out to Professor Kimi Heirich from the University of Manchester, who is the chief investigator of these two large biologic registries in JIA, and also have been um, happy and fortunate to work uh, with this collaboration with Lian, who is an experienced um, epidemiologist who generated quite a few papers focused on arthritis outcomes in both children and adults, to be able to answer the following questions, which were the main aims of our study. And this were... Can we offer some information about the proportion of patients with JIA able to stop biologic therapies and also to give some information about the type of patients, describe what happens to them if they stop the medication, including how many patients restart the same treatment and after how long, and also we looked into identifying factors associated with patients having to restart biologic treatment. 
So using the UK JIA Biologics Register, we were able to identify all children and young people with JIA starting biologic therapy and then follow them over time. And this way we could see what treatments they were on, if they stopped any and why. Maybe they stopped uh, as their arthritis was in remission and then if they had to restart treatment. And what were your key findings? Well, this research looks at over 1,400 children and young people with JIA starting biologic therapy and found that around one in five, so it was 19%, stopped therapy for remission after approximately two years of being on treatment. Of those who stopped treatment, just over half, so 55%, then went on to restart the same biologic therapy, usually after around four months. We found that those less likely to need to restart treatment were those who had started the biologic earlier on in their disease course, whereas those who were more likely to need to restart treatment were those who also had uveitis. Uh, although we, have, we don't know whether they have to restart biologic therapy because of their arthritis that may have flared or perhaps their uveitis flared. Can you comment on the follow-up period as JIA may flare over time? Well, all the children entering the study were followed for as long as possible. So during this time from the start of treatment, we could then calculate how many stopped treatment for remission over the follow-up period. However, when we looked at what happened next after they stopped for remission, we did require at least six months of follow-up after this date just to allow sufficient data. Um, and I think the median follow-up available after stopping for remission was around two years, with over 75% having more than one year of follow-up. So we thought that this was a sufficient amount of follow-up to identify any flares, particularly as most flares seem to occur within the three to nine months period after stopping treatment. Thank you for clarifying that. How might this research impact clinical practice? There are some very important key findings, and this is something that we can talk to our patients in clinic. Roughly, we found that one in five patients can stop biologic treatment after approximately two years, and one in two is likely to need to restart because their disease becomes active. We also found that being on tocilizumab, and of course there are some caveats, is based on our practice in the UK and also the data available, but that was associated with a positive, good prognostic and also starting biology earlier in their disease course and not having uveitis were all associated with better prognostic. We can talk to our patients about data we generated from UK registry, which is contemporary and is relevant to them. We can also tell them about the unknown predictors and questions we hope that research will answer in the future. I think this research will help us provide some reassurance, address some of the myths about treatment with biologics, and also minimize a little bit the uncertainty that our patients and us as clinicians have to deal with. It's important that some of our research results have been validated, replicated in other parts of the world. The proportion of patients who stopped biologic treatment for remission is similar in many other cohorts of patients. The proportion of flaring is roughly 50% if they've been followed up for two years, if they have been followed up for a bit longer, the proportion of flares can be a little bit higher in other cohorts. But reassuringly, a very high proportion of JE patients with stop medication seem to recoup their disease control if restarted on the same biologic treatment, which is very good news for our patients. 
There are also a few indicators of poor outcomes which will help us tailor strategies for clinical implementation whenever we have to take decisions uh, together with our patients and their families. Thanks. I definitely agree that registry data can provide useful information when communicating with patients. Does your group have any future research plans relating to this topic? I think research always helps us understand what we know and what we don't. That's why longer duration follow-up is something that will help us understand better outcomes, post-biologic treatment, stopping and restarting medication if patients need to restart. We are fully aware that the registry data are collected with a huge personal effort on behalf of many patients and clinicians, and we are very grateful for their contribution. However, we know that better designed studies to address specific questions, such as efficacy of various tapering strategies, could be conducted in the future. We will also be interested in um, exploring, investigating different predictors of successful stopping and also tapering strategies, because with the data we had in this registry, it's very difficult to figure out if patients stopped the treatment in one go or if they tapered using different tapering strategies before they fully stopped the medication. We're particularly interested in imaging biomarkers, such as whole body MRI, serum biomarkers, and even transcriptomic signatures. Um, that could predict the risk of flaring and also give us the patients who have the best chance to stay in remission if they stop medication. On the other hand, we have to keep in mind the research should be feasible and the findings should be potentially implementable in clinical practice. That's why we will try to test some of our hypotheses in clinical trials, recognizing in the same time the wealth of data, uh, biologic registries offering that real-life experience offers to researchers. And that's a perfect wrap-up. Thank you, Dr. Casely Fleet and Dr. Churton, for sharing their insights on this informative study. To our listeners, thanks again for tuning in to this podcast. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share, and subscribe through your favorite podcast app.